Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number one of Genesis chapter one, and I'm going to read the first several verses. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And I'll stop reading there. Now, when we we come to the book of Genesis, of course, this is the opening statement of the Bible. It is actually a statement in which God describes in a single verse... In, in a few words, he describes the origins of all things seen and unseen. God tells us, he explains, and, and gives us a full explanation concerning the existence of all things, as mankind has often wondered, where did everything come from? as he looks up into the sky and he sees the stars at night or the bright shining of the sun during the day, or or as a person would walk around um, and, and, and see the flowers and the trees and the flowing stream and, and the rabbits running and come to a little anthill and see these uh, curious creatures swarming uh, around the anthill and and so many other creatures the birds flying and 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 uh, and so forth everywhere we look in this world we see things that that exist and and we have uh, our own bodies and our own thoughts and our and our own existence and God has given man a mind to think and reason and and to ponder things and so man has wondered for as long as man has been upon the earth uh, after the fall into sin and 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 for many thousands of years mankind has has had the thought where did everything come from? Now, God is here giving a full explanation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And, and this, uh, gives the solution to the mystery of the question, uh, where did the mountains come from? Where did the seas 
and and the whales and and other sea creatures come from? Where did man come from? Where did the world itself and and the universe out there come from? The answer God gives. The answer the Bible gives. And the Bible provides an answer that is um, the only answer, really, the only solution that actually solves the mystery, that actually answers the question concerning origins, is, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And and now, yes, there is other questions. Well, who is God? And, and where did he come from? But, but as far as the origin of this present creation and of all things that exist that we can see, feel, touch, hear, smell, and, and so forth, discern by our senses, the, the answer is God. God created it. Now, contrast that with modern scientific thought, with what is taught today in universities and schools all over the world. And that is that the universe had a natural origin. That is, there was no force, um, no being known as God that created all things, no the natural mind of man rejects God. They reject Him because they cannot see Him, nor, nor um, touch Him, or, or, or use their senses to detect Him. Therefore, according to the the natural mind of man, who who is limited really to the things of this world, God does not exist. He is outside the natural sphere of things. He He's outside the physical realm. They cannot detect him or prove him. And according to science or, or modern uh, scientific thought, God does not exist. And since God does not exist, he is not a possible explanation for the existence of all things. And therefore the brilliant minds of of the the people of the earth the the scientists especially begin to put their minds to work how can we explain existence how can we explain where everything came from and 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 they have developed a theory um for a long time called the big bang and here's a quote from Live Science, and and I'll just read a paragraph. And it says, according to the standard Big Bang model, the universe was born during a period of inflation that began about 13.7 billion years ago, like a rapidly expanding balloon. It swelled from a size smaller than an electron to nearly its current size within a tiny fraction of a second. That's the bang. It, it was the size of an electron, about, 
And then something happened, and it swelled, it expanded like a balloon. It kept, when you blow air into a balloon, it gets ever bigger, 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 until it's at its current size. Now, um, some scientists, through uh, projecting their telescopes into uh, deep space, have noted that the universe is still uh, increasing, still expanding, still stretching further outward. And so they they reason that it's still the effects of the Big Bang as the universe is ever increasing, ever expanding. Well, that that's fine. That's fine, except... They use the little sleight of hand with this explanation. And, uh, you know, um, often um, students sitting in school and hearing their professor, they they give the professor a lot of credit and and they think that the scientists, they they have the answers. They they certainly know about these things and especially when they say 13.7 billion years ago. You know, the point seven adds a, an aura of authentic, authenticity to the statement. Rather than saying 13 or 14 billion years, they're, they're um, specific. 13.7 billion years ago. And so it's delivered in, in a very... Um, a direct way and and people think these are facts and yet they don't have a clue they don't have the faintest idea the the foggiest idea they have no idea how things originated the origin of things they for instance in this statement they take for granted that there was an electron or whatever it is that, that that's what they refer to it as uh, they said it was uh, it began 13.7 billion years ago and it swelled from the a size smaller than an electron so they're they're saying there was something this little tiny minuscule thing that there was the size smaller than an electron they're they're not specific as, as to what it was, and and because they have no idea, and yet they are beginning their theory with its existence, its pre-existence. It, it is there already, and then they put their theory into motion. Well, then this thing, the size smaller than an electron expanded and exploded, hold it, hold it. They haven't answered the, the whole question of origin. They've just pushed it back a step. Now, now let's ask the question, where did the thing, smaller than electron, an unnamed thing, that, that it expanded and, and, and ballooned and, and increased to the size of our present universe, where did it come from? Well, you know, their most brilliant scientist, uh, Richard Hawkins, has put forth a theory, and yet he concludes 
his lecture by saying we're getting close to understanding the mystery of origin. They're, they're, they have no answer, no solution. They have theories that they are not even declaring that this is it. This is it. This is how it is because there's, uh, there's faults in their theories and, and they, they can't support their theories. And of course they can't. Of course they can't. They, they have no answer. And yet here, uh, you know, origins is the foundation. It, it is that which everything is built upon. And, uh, for instance, if you're going to build a house, you, you need your foundation stone. And then you construct your house upon that stone. And the Bible gives uh, a, a good uh, parable, a, a, a good illustration about that, because the Bible likens Christ to a stone upon which the house of God is built. And that house of God is a picture of all those God has saved, built upon a sure foundation. And so when the storm comes of Judgment Day, all those built upon the rock, upon Christ, will endure. They will stand. They're part of a steady house that can withstand the storm. Well, when when we're looking at the beginning of all things, when we're looking at the the question of where did everything come from, and of course evolution is related to this question because it's the same presupposition that scientists use for evolution that they use for the origin of all things, and that is there is no God because we cannot prove there is a God. He's a uh, said to be a spirit being. We cannot prove spirit beings. Therefore, there is no God. And, and and so where did all the creatures come from? Where where did the ants and the elephants and man come from? Oh, first, what's the first thing? First is the universe, the world. Where did it come from? It came from the Big Bang. Then natural processes, the are formulated and they say and then things began to develop after the big bang there is evolution an evolving of creatures and and it doesn't matter that these creatures are complex and intricate and just amazingly designed when we put the the telescope or the microscope to any part of god's creation we see um, very definite design. Uh, things just, just couldn't have fallen together randomly or accidentally. It, it just doesn't happen that way anywhere else. But none of that matters because they are absolutely convinced there is no God. There must therefore be some other explanation. The, and it, it doesn't matter how far-fetched, how ridiculous the other explanation is, it must be the explanation because there is no God. And, and yet, with, with their foundation principle, their theory of the origin of all things, they have none. 
They have no beginning, uh, point. They, they have no explanation for how everything got here. And, and actually, none they'll omit to. Speaking of the secular mind, the natural-minded individual, the scientists of the world, the worldly people that accept that, that there is no God or that accept the things being taught in uh, universities and high schools today, that accept those things that are written in textbooks because, after all, they are written in a textbook and therefore it must be true, yet they they have no rational explanation for the beginning of all things. And really, it, there's only two options for the origins of all things, for the genesis. And genesis means beginning. There, there's only two options that, that, uh, are possible. One, we, we have here in Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God is the mover. He He is the um, the prime mover behind all things. Everything exists. Every every creature exists and functions, and the world operates the way it does because of God. That that is a, a very rational, reasonable, and full explanation for everything we see. It 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 explains the complex design that's found in creatures that that are all around us. It explains mankind, the special creature, as the Bible will go on to instruct us and lay out that God created one particular creature in his own image and 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 so we find man is a moral creature who knows good and evil and right and wrong or or is held responsible to know that and so forth the bible explanation it it is full and complete and explains everything in all the realm of created things. We know why rocks exist. We know why trees and mountains and rivers and, and every creature, butterflies and, 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 and turkeys and, and ducks and everything else. We know why everything exists because God created it. And, and so the people of God they look at this explanation and are content. They fully believe it, fully trust it, fully understand it, and it's it's a good thing because it is the best explanation. It it is the most rational explanation there is. The second explanation for the existence of all things when when we go back to the theory of the Big Bang that is put forth and held to by modern science for the most part is that there was something in the beginning smaller than an electron that exploded and has been ever increasing, ever expanding up even till today. And that's where everything came from. And then uh, in addition to that, we have evolution and and so all the creatures and everything began 
to miraculously, that's the only way to put it, not only to develop it, but we don't have uh, a world full of deformed creatures that you would expect, you know, with, with an eye on top of their head and one eye in their ear and, and uh, you know, body parts all over the place. If it were random chance, if it were just haphazardly all thrown together and, and things developed, we don't find that. But we find very well put together um, creatures, uh, amazing creatures in insects and the animal world and, and creatures of the sea and creatures of the sky and man, the crowning creature, just just incredible design is evident in everything that does not match or fit the uh, evolution theory in any way it's it's just absurd but but let's let's give it that this is the other option the the evolution that follows this big bang but as we mentioned earlier the Big Bang does not explain the origins of all things because we have to go back to the little electron-sized thing, whatever it was, and ask the question, where did it come from? Where did that little electron-sized thing originate from? Because we've just really pushed it back a step further where did it come from? And that's what the scientists are working on and feel that they're close to solving. They're, they're close to providing an answer to that question. But really, there's only one answer. And they don't want to admit this. But the answer can only be that the electron thing, if they're correct, is eternal, that it has always existed or it came from something else that has always existed or or if you want to keep pushing it back and pushing it back, there must be something, some form of matter, uh, of substance, something that has always been, that has always existed and and then it was finally acted upon or or it exploded or ballooned whatever came later all right but they must have something that's eternal and so the options for the origin of all things are a eternal god a thinking living all-powerful being who can speak and bring worlds into creation and who is brilliant and infinite um, in in his uh, in the power that he possesses so that uh, he he can design creatures and worlds and universe as we see with the sun moon and stars and that's that's the first option the second is a mindless a lifeless thing that that is eternal and and it has always been and for some reason from as far back as you want to go into eternity past and just like we think of eternal god 
who has no beginning, this mindless, lifeless thing, the size of an electron or smaller, has always existed for eons and eons and eons into eternity past, and then suddenly at some point it exploded. Why? Of course, there would be no explanation for that. And the Big Bang began. And you see why they don't want to admit that they're stuck with eternal matter if they reject eternal God. Because necessarily the origin, the origins of all things require an eternal being or an eternal matter. And, and you can't get around that. That's why the most brilliant scientists, um, have, have certainly put hours and hours of, of thought theorizing about this and, and back and forth and, and they've tried every way imaginable to come up with a theory, to come up with an explanation. But there is none because it, it, again, it's one of those two options. And they'd rather not say that matter is eternal uh, because, again, what is more rational? What is more believable and understandable? An eternal God, a brilliant mind, and a brilliant being possessing all power and might to create or some lifeless, mindless thing that for some reason, that uh, which nobody would be able to provide an answer, has always existed. And then for some other reason, which nobody could provide any answer, after existing for eons and eons and eons and eons, it exploded. And suddenly we have all this brilliant, uh, world and, and life forming from it. Well, it, of course, it is, uh, as about as ridiculous as anything could be. And, and so, not only is the Bible true, and, and uh, yet the Bible in verse one, chapter one, in a simple statement, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God provides a solution to the mystery that has baffled philosophers and scientists and, and the most brilliant minds of the people of the world for thousands of years. And he sums it up um, very quickly and easily. And in this statement... Here is what God has done, as he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says in verse 19, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God has made foolish the wisdom of this world. And 
that's all we can say. We don't we don't want to uh, revile anyone or or put down anyone. It's just a fact. The idea that there is some other origin, some um, thing th- that is uh, unexplainable and and was just there, acted upon to explode, it is foolish. The idea that all this wonderful, beautiful life, all this complex design we see everywhere around us, the idea that that evolved is foolish. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.